Hey guys, Christian Avercard Man here. Welcome to episode one of the Scrubcast here, joined by the co-host and leader of the Coalition of Scrubs, Mr. Sir Scrub himself. How's it going, Bursky? Uh, so we are here today and just kind of chatting and, well, pretty much bullshitting our way through Yu-Gi-Oh! like we almost always do. Uh, <laughs> figuring out ways to not play go. to not play in the imperm zone while trying to talk about all this stuff here, so... <laughs> We'll just kind of jump right yeah. into it today. So we're just kind of going over new uh, new set news from Yu-Gi-Oh! Organization, all the leaked cards and whatnot that we got from upcoming sets here. And there's a lot of interesting stuff on the way. Uh, Lightning Overdrive, probably the biggest one of them right now, notably. But uh, honestly, the OTS pack and Legendary Duel Season 2 are looking pretty good, as well as that Prismatic God Box Special Edition. So uh, we're just going to be talking over some of that stuff today. Hell yeah. I think uh, probably the OTS pack 15 is probably the thing I'm single most excited about just because we do not have the um, third ultimate rare confirmed yet. So I feel like there's a there's still a lot of hype to be had about it because, you know, they could if they pick the correct ultimate rare, it could be a very, very interesting set. Like, you know, they still haven't given us ultimate rare Ash Blossom. And, you know, if they if they put ultimate rare Ash and ultimate rare um, Hulk Fibrax in the same set, it will be insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with the ulti Halk already being in there, it's already aiming to be like a crazy set. And I'm just, I'm just looking at the tags right now on Yu-Gi-Oh! Organization. I don't know if this is actually going to be a hint or not of like what could be in it, but um, obviously we know about Arm Dragon Level Ten and the ulti Halk. But I'm also seeing on the tags here: uh, Dogmatica, Shadal, World Legacy, and Zodiac. And uh, that yep. kind of worries me for some of the stuff that uh, could have a chance at being ulti. I doubt, I mean, obviously we're not getting another Sky Striker ulti. There's no way in hell Konami's going to go that far with how deck, right. dead that deck is. But I could definitely see a Shadal or Dogmatica card being up there, or Zodiac with the release, a recent release of Zeus. Uh, that deck's yeah, just kind of popping. That would be awesome. Uh, Ultimate Rare uh, Nadir Servant would be cool as shit, too. Watch them just throw a fucking, like, curveball at us and just make it a fucking, like, Zodiac Barrage. <laughs> Ultimate Rare Karibo. <laughs> Bro, I'd buy the shit out of that. I'd buy, I'd buy 33 of those, no cap. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, so, I mean, so, I guess 13 commons, 10 super rares, and 3 ultimate rares. The only news we have so far is the Ulti Halk, Arm Dragon level 10, uh, and then we also are getting... Four supers. Four yeah. confirmed supers. Yeah, Shadal Dragon, uh, Zodiac Borbo, Dogmatica Punishment, and then, well, it just is in more. Uh, and then we get a brand new World Legacy token, which is uh, already yeah. pretty interesting. I, I I guess that's just for, uh, that's for what's-his-face, isn't it? Girsu. Yeah, probably. Although I thought he summoned Orcus tokens. Am I just, like, am I crazy on that? Uh, let me read that. No, no, I'm curious, actually. Does he summon World Legacy or no? Nope. Yeah, it's a world legacy token. Why? It has Orcus like uh, stats uh, because he's the the Mech Knight and the Orcus shenanigans are all wrapped up in the world legacy stuff. That's so weird. So like, is this does this mean like further down the line we can get some weird like world legacy implications, like getting some extra combos into the already like weird well, I mean, Orcus combos? You could go that way. I mean, we have World Legacy World One, which is a staple in every Orcus deck, which also allows you to play Lib, mm -hmm. which gives you access to Succession, or any of the other like World Legacy back row. Which some of it's actually pretty powerful. Um, they have a Negate, yeah, an Omni Negate. If you have uh, co-linked monsters, there's the um, of course the World Legacy Guard Dragons, which is a monster reborn. Mm -hmm. All that good jazz. I mean, you could you could use Lib to get into monstrosity for extra calamities plays if you somehow have a way to put a level nine on board. Like, there's just it, it's all entangled together. Was there like any like World Legacy card already that requires there to be a World Legacy on field? Because like I, I obviously I haven't delved far enough into the World Legacy. I've done Orcus, Mech Knight, everything else but World Legacy. This is the only thing I have not touched. Um, Lib hat requires you to have a World Legacy card in your graveyard, but yeah. not one like on the field. So, yeah, tokens not really gonna help with that. Yeah, hmm. but I mean, at the same time, if you're doing like your normal Orgus shenanigans, you're probably not gonna be able to go into Lib anyway. True. Um, but true. the play is, is you can actually go into it off of the scrap package. Mm -hmm. Um, because you're able to dump your wand off of Recycler as you're looping it with Wyvern and stuff like that. So then yeah. you can go into Lib to get the succession for just a free extender. And if you're um, going second, then Lib also will send uh, shuffle something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shuffle something on the field into the deck. 
So it'll help you like break boards if you're playing going second. If for some reason they didn't negate your normal summon like a dummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it, yeah, it all ties together. It's the Crusadia, World Chalice, Orcist, Mech Knights. They're all part of the World Legacy bullshit fucking mm-hmm. plot stuff. So, okay, I, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I was just kind of scrolling through World Legacy cards because I was curious. And uh, I did end up coming across the World Legacy token, which is just... This one comes from uh, World Lance, which I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, I kind of I see where like, the World Legacy typing does a little bit of something. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't really anyone still plays this card, but it just means that your opponent cannot attack World Legacy monsters you control except for World Lance. And it's like, I mean, I guess, <laughs> but... Uh, it also special summons a World Legacy tokens. I don't know. Right now, there's not really any specific need to have that World Legacy typing on field, it looks like. But you never know. They might come down the line with a new Link monster, I suppose. It, it Konami regularly happen. does acid while they produce new cards, so there's no fucking telling what they're going to do in the in the coming years. Yeah, well, I mean, considering how bonkers Gearsu is already, it, like, it makes sense that, you know, they obviously not love even... Orcus. We can see how much they love Orcus. Not even Gearsu, like Scrap Raptor is like fifty times more impactful than Gearsu is like <laughs> Oh well well for sure. They definitely weren't thinking much when they did that. But I mean just Gearsu overall, like when everybody thought Orcus was already kind of dead and then they come out with Gearsu and we're like, Oh, this actually isn't half bad. Orcus is a lot more playable now. Uh and then oh, yeah. still Gearsu nobody played it. You're helped. like <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gearsu definitely helped, but it, it will not help. It it did not help like Scrap Raptor will mm-hmm. just because if you if you really want to go all in on, on the scrap plays, you can add an additional th- nine normal summons into your deck. Like yeah. it's you have like a ninety seven percent consistency to open a normal summon. Well, yeah, what is it? Because you get see so you, so you get you, three scrap recycler, three dino, three, three gearsu, three fossil dig, yeah. three scrapyard, dark grapher, armageddon knight, rota. That's nine right there. What was the um, um oh what was the other scrap card that allows you to add a scrap tuner? Scrap that was yard. that was that scrap yard? I thought they had a what about yeah, their field yard. spell? Doesn't that let you add a scrap monster as well? Uh it can. Uh, let I'm, me read I'm, cur- I'm looking here. for it now, I'm curious. Because I no, I, I, I played it recently. Looking. Scrap factory, here we go. Uh you can sp- oh wait, okay. If a scrap monster on the field is destroyed by a card effect and sent to the graveyard, you can special summon one scrap monster from your deck. So it's kind of another way to get there, but you have to have setup first. So it's it's yeah, just so an like extender open, rather than a setup. Yeah. But so if you open a uh, yard or factory plus like Raptor, when Raptor pops itself to search, yeah, uh, or to give you the extra normal summon, you can trigger it and get an extra monster on board. But um, between uh, the three copies of Gearsu, then you have three copies of Raptor, so that's six. Then three copies of Recycler, so mm-hmm. that's nine. The three warriors, that's 12. Three fossil digs, that's 15. And then three scrapyards, that's 18 normal summons in the deck. Yeah. And that's without even factoring in three copies of disparity, too, which is going to let you see the first 11 cards in your deck. You, you're basically guaranteed to open your normal summon. The problem is, is it dies to every hand trap in the game. <laughs> so, see, I'm actually looking at it right now, and I think Scrap Factory could actually be a way to play around some of that stuff. Obviously, you'd still have to deal with, like, the Valor or the Imperms and that stuff, but you could be able to block Ash Blossoms and, um... Oh, what's a little chain blocking? Yeah, just do some chain blocking in Scrap Factory, and, like, if they negate it, whatever. If they don't, you get an extra body. Made it much more consistent to go into Scrap Wyverns. Like, there's that. Um, but, yeah, overall, it's kind of sad that, like, the, <laughs> the Scrap archetype is way better as an engine in just any machine deck than it is as its own thing at this point. But the things exactly. it does is just crazy. Like, I can't imagine throwing it into Machina, like, just with all that bonkers. I want to do that now. I want to do that with Machina, Sydra. Uh, ABC could be okay, but I don't know. ABC, I'm just I'm finding out more and more that it's really iffy, um, and it's not working as natively with Sidra as I wanted it to. But having the Chimera Tech to dump yeah, two yeah. of the materials is pretty good, so I won't lie there. But yeah, this it, is uh, weird. <laughs> it, yeah, so it's, it's a weird time for card design right now, for sure. I wanted to think that now dinos have access to all this crap too. It's like. Yeah, just for free, you get to dump like half your deck, get some bodies on field, get set up for an ulti conductor if you already have it in hand, like or or I guess an Evo pill. Like it's just it's free real yeah. estate for dinos, as if they weren't powerful a, enough. 
in a vacuum, the combos are really insane. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, it's just, it's very, very fragile. So like, yeah, if you can get it off uninterrupted, you're probably going to take the game. But nine times out of ten, it's probably smarter to play a slower control style build. So that way, when they do negate your normal summon, you can just like set three and pass and do it again next turn. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That is definitely the case now, especially with how much they've like shut down the ability to combo off and get like your six or seven disruptions with like a floodgate. You know, I mean, Dryatron can to a degree do similar stuff, but it's not like it's not the same as like setting up your Borderlord Savage Herald and like all your other bullshit and a uh, Buster Whelp on top and just like locking out your opponent. It's just not the same anymore. You know, now we're seeing that transition back to your Eldritch, your Altergeist, uh, rare cases, Sub Terror. Uh, Orcus is definitely a very good option contending with the Formax. It's that nice balance of uh, it's it's a good tempo deck basically, like that good balance of control and combo. Exactly. And, and, you know, you can play the resource game, you know, if you load up on normal summons and, and hard interruptions, you don't necessarily have to rely on your combos going off. Mm -hmm. But then once you do get your combos off the ground, as long as you manage your resources properly, Orcus can potentially grind for an infinite amount of time. I mean, as long as you're mm -hmm. recycling your shit right, you can go forever <laughs> in the deck. Yeah, well, as that's... long as you are intelligent with the way you do it. Well, that's what I like about Orcus is like once you get your graveyard properly set up and your opponent doesn't like completely fuck it over, um, you know it, it's like you don't you don't even completely die to Nibiru because as long as you can still play on your opponent's turn, it's like all right. Well, I mean, you may have ended my turn, but I have your turn and it's it's mine now. I'm sorry. <laughs> you may have ended my turn, but Ding comes back <laughs> mm -hmm. every turn, baby, every turn. And yeah, it, it, it's great. And Raptor is a really good boost to consistency. It's just with Call by the Grave at one, it along with a lot of other rogue decks just simply cannot stand in the face of multiple different forms of hand traps. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if you also wanted to be super extra and add on to that original list, you could also throw in the three copies of Purple Nightfall for the Gears 2. <laughs> Only I mean, for going second, can, but. I mean, you could really go extra greedy and, and throw in the three purple and the three blue and have like what that's like 20 something starters yeah <laughs> that's in, yeah it's like what is that 24 starters yeah no that's insane when half of your deck is a one card starter it's a little crazy with uh consistency wise but you know like i said it doesn't mean much when ash kills everything kills yeah. all of your dreams buries them and disrespects your grandmother all at the same time i mean dare i say <laughs> it though orcus might actually stand a chance of being better than prank kids <laughs> know about all that <laughs> i prank mean kids, prank kids have the advantage of inherently just always like chain blocking they're always doing something except for the first summon if your first summon gets ash like my brother hit me with this like just yesterday we were just sitting down playing i normal summon on the first turn he just hit me with the ash i'm like well have fun i guess Rip. and of course yeah i opened with two ash two poly and a thunder dragon fusion and i ended up drawing into a prank kids monster but yeah, he ashed that one summon, and I didn't have anything to use my ash on or anything. And I was like, well, we're just going to sit here then, I guess. I guess I fucking lose. <laughs> that was pretty much how it went. It was, yeah, it was kind of sad. I was like, man, I was really vibing with Prank Kids today. I got my new playmat. Like, everything's just going to be great. It's Prank Kids. They aren't going to die. Fucking dies to an ash blossom from Destiny Heroes. I'm like, oh, what am I doing with my life? Right. I feel you, dude. Sometimes it, it really sucks to be a scrub. Yeah, I mean, he bricked as hard as I did, though, so I came back next turn and finished him anyways, but, you know. <laughs> I feel that. Been uh, there. Yeah, pretty much. It was it was almost as sad as playing in the Infirm Zone. Almost as sad. Almost. Uh, that that is That has got to be one of the saddest emotions of my life. On the one card that I actually <laughs> needed to go off, he's just like, ah, I'll just, Infirm Zone. There we I'll go. Just, I'll just fucking wreck my own self. Yeah, pretty no much. No big deal, you guys. Big brain my way into that one, I guess. Yeah, we've all been there, man. True. Everybody's had a little bit too much to drink sometimes. and I'm not even 21. <laughs> <laughs> Christian said, I wish I could have that excuse. <laughs> got, got three months left before I'm free. Dude, you know we, we are going to have to party. Well, you see, the other thing is legal in my state now, too. So, like, I'll be good. But... I'm... I'm 
three months. That that'll be in uh that'll be in April. Yeah, no, yep. we're, we're gonna have a we're gonna have our birthday celebrations together. We're, we're both gonna celebrate our birthdays uh, at the same time. Shit, wait, you're you're April too, right? Yes, I am. Oh fuck, I forgot about that. Goddamn. All right. Yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time. I'm gonna force my fiance to throw my party up there at your house. <laughs> oh God, good luck with that one, Chief. It's a good drive away. I will be okay. Although I am, I am moving in June, like a full forty-five minutes closer to you. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, what is? I haven't seen this yet. What? Okay, I'm probably gonna have to buy what? a case of fucking Lightning Overdrive now. I just saw the new Blood Patrol uh, support. I heard about it. I didn't actually see it yet. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I can. I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know that. I, I can send you the link. I, I've like vaguely heard it in passing. Uh, it's called Ravenwing the Plunder Patrol Pilot. Uh, so it's just a level four water fiend effect monster, one thousand attack, one thousand defense. So nothing special. Can only use each effect of the first and second effect once per turn. Uh, you can target one Plunder Patrol monster in your graveyard, except for him. You cannot special summon monsters for the rest of this turn, except Plunder Patrol monsters. Also, special summon this card from your hand, and if you do, add that target to your hand. So it's a free, free Plunder Patrol special summon that is level four. So you can get into your um it was the moerk was the exceed one uh and then if this card is sent from the hand or monster zone to the graveyard you can target one plunder patrol monster card in your spell and trap card zone special summon it in fence position so i guess it's pretty much like if you link it off into blackbeard then because you, you get locked into plunder patrol monsters as soon as you special summon it um so you pretty much have to link into the blackbeard then to send it to the graveyard or if it goes from your hand i guess if you discard it for like shipyard or uh like whatever other effect then you can get that bonus to get a Plunder Patrol monster on your field for extra material. Is all it is. Oh yeah. So I mean, just miss- I don't know. That's nice okay. Little extender then. Yeah. It's it's cute. It's like maybe a two of um, looking at it, just because. And Plunder Patrols don't really combo a whole lot. They're honestly at this point they're more fusion based because of lists, and it just it makes more sense to be able to go into the fusion boat. But, I don't know, this is, it's so weird, like, Plunder Patrols are such an awkward deck, because it really relies on your opponent to do a lot of work, is is the only sad thing about it. But then again, if you're playing the trap cards, I think it was Party was the one that allows you to change your opponent's attributes. Uh, I'm going to look really quick, actually, because now I want to, I want to find out for sure before I make sure, or before I look like an idiot. Uh, Okay, Party, let's see here. Okay, so this is the draw power one. Okay, so this is not it. What was it? It was... Was it booty? Let me look. Yeah, okay. Plunder Patrol booty. You can declare one attribute, target one face of monster your opponent controls, it becomes that attribute until the end of this turn, uh, even if it leaves the field. And then you can take one Plunder Patrol monster from your graveyard and either shuffle it into the deck or special summon it. Uh, you can only use this effect once per turn, and then during the end phase, if you control no Plunder Patrol monsters, send this card to the graveyard. So basically, it just allows you to once per turn declare one of your opponent's monsters and change its attribute. Um, which is targeting, so can't can't do it with dragoons. Um, but I mean, it is. I don't know. It's such a situational deck. It needs it needs more time. It needs more support. Um, the shipyard is good. Yeah, I say the shipyard is good. Whitebeard is good. Everything else is really just kind of questionable at this point, except for well, obviously the ships. The ships are what give the deck any sort of substance, but. Konami has not been doing a very good job, in my opinion, of bringing uh, some decks into the more modern era. I feel like a lot of decks are really lacking in support. Mm. Um, prime example, Monarchs. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They they brought Pantheism back, but the deck is still from 2010. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's you not know, like, nothing's going to change that. Yeah, nothing's going to change that until you just give them new cards. <laughs> And I feel like there's a lot of rogue decks that are in that same kind of situation mm-hmm. to where, you know, they're just like that one or two good cards to support away from being really good. Well, and the sad thing about Plunder Patrols is I actually brought this up in the last podcast that you and I did together on uh, on my podcast, is that Plunder Patrol is a TCG exclusive deck. So, of course, Konami's going to do everything they can to make it a rogue deck uh, because... Obviously, it's, I mean, you know, it's an exclusive, so they want people to buy it still. It's supposed to be like a novelty item. It's not supposed to be anything competitive, because as soon as they make it competitive, then the OCG is going to start to get upset, 
and then they're going to have to print it over there now, too, and then it's no longer an exclusive, so you lose that novelty factor. So, like, in my eyes, that's why a lot of our, like, exclusive decks actually kind of suck. Like, Plunder Patrols, Mutants, they're all just kind of meh. But, like, you go with any actual meta deck, they're, of course, both OCG and TCG, which makes sense because they want to sell all of that product. But I, I don't know. It, it It's just really sad to see that. Like, they come out with these really cool ideas for these really cool decks, and then they make them the exclusives, and next thing you know, they're not getting the support they actually need. And, you know, the thing about it is, is like, okay, what was the last, like, TCG exclusive archetype that had a had an impact on the meta? Um, Kaijus? Is that really the legacy that we want to have? <laughs> Kaijus? Is that exclusive <laughs> yeah. to the TCG? I did not know that. I, I think it originally was a TCG exclusive archetype. Well, see, it's got to be the OCG now. Like, there's no way it's not. But, wow, I did not know about that. That is interesting. So, you know, like, that's the type of... But, I mean, we we can even go into a very long debate on what, on how healthy kaijus were and are for the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, so they if they were TCG exclusive, it wasn't very long. Their initial release was uh, in January of 2016, but then the OCG got them in September that same year. So it was only an eight-month difference. I mean, <laughs> that's not really exclusive anymore at that point. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, really. <laughs> you, you, can see, you can see what happened, though. Yeah. You know, they, they came to the TCG. They were extremely overpowered, warped the entire format, and so the OCG had to catch up. And so yeah. the way that they solved that is in the future, they just don't make powerful TCG archetypes anymore. Pretty much. Well, like, I'm pre- I think the OCG is still getting some decent exclusive archetypes, aren't they? I can't remember the last one I heard of, but... I know they get like they get some pretty good stuff from time to time. It's obviously not super explosive, but I know they do get some pretty ridiculous stuff. And oh well, obviously they're like the testers for us, so it's it's hard to label like what's actually OCG exclusive or like what is just unreleased in the TCG yet. But yeah, I don't know. I I think that Konami has to walk a very fine line in tempering their um, card design. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, so it, it, it's a complex situation all the way around. There is no, like, one-size-fits-all type answer, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're, they're a very one side of the spectrum or the other. It, it seems like they really do struggle with making a lot of balanced cards. I mean, go back and look at, uh, it was a Dual Overdrive, I think, when, when Hulk was released. That yeah, entire but... fucking set was, like, a prime example. It's like, on one hand, you get Hulk and Samorg and Union Carrier, on the other hand, you get fucking oh what I can't even remember what else it was in that set that was so bad. It was basically it was everything else. <laughs> pretty much, I mean, like Infinity being your good reprint, but other than that, it was. I guess Extra Hero Infernal Device was pretty good support, but obviously people don't care about that because people don't like heroes. I cried. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just they're they're very like one side or the other, and it's very sad, especially when you're looking at like core sets. And you see all the secret rares and the ultra rares, you're like, ooh, very nice cardboard. For the most part, you know, there's, like, those few exceptions where you're like, eh, I don't know if this needed to be here. And then you look at the commons, you're like, these are literally all going in my trash can. <laughs> I don't know what to do with these. All pack filler. There's it's, no... <laughs> it's so bad. And, and you know, I understand, like, on a conceptual level that for some cards to be good, other cards have to be bad. Like, that's just the reality of, of how card games work. You know what I'm saying? But there, there should not be cards that are just so laughably unplayable. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like they should at least be like, if nothing else, they should at least be mediocre, not like so bad that they would actually hurt yeah. if you were to see it. Yeah. Like exactly, like like it would be physically painful to to pull this card. <laughs> like oh god, what's what's my favorite one here? Um, I got, I think I know which one it is. Oh wait, shit, no, that's the archetype. Uh, that fucking weather guy. That gives your opponent a second battle phase is like the dumbest know. shit in terms of card design. People make fun of it all the time. Um, oh god, I really want to find what it is now. It's just like it's basically a, a vanilla monster that gives your opponent an extra attack. Oh, weather report. Here we go. It's a level four oh. flip effect monster. Destroys all of your opponent's face up swords of revealing light on the field. If swords of the revealing light is destroyed, you can perform your battle phase twice this turn. Okay, so this is the good version. Um, but there was like 
a reverse version of it that gave your opponent a second battle. I'm like, why? What is this kind of card design? What is the point? Well, you know, and you get those cards like, uh, like the quotation retrain, because I can't remember what else, like what the other term for it was, of like uh, Forceful Sentry, where you reveal your hand to your opponent and send a card back to your deck. It's like, okay, we get that this is supposed to be like a joke version of the Forceful Sentry, but there was, was there really any need to actually print this? I, It's just Why? a waste of Why cardboard. <laughs> like, Why is this here? What does this have to do with anything? <laughs> it's like, we understand you're trying to like give everyone like a reference or like, you know, like throw a reference out to those old school Yu-Gi-Oh players or confuse the new ones, I guess. But like, just like leave it in the digital simulators. Don't actually print it. You're just wasting everyone's time and money at that point. Like you just make you're yourself just a like joke. Off. You're just pissing us off. Like, well, and then you get cases uh, like Legendary Duelist Season 2 coming out here where it's like freaking 50 Blue Eyes reprints. You're like, we already have these. We do not need more. Why are we doing this? Like, if you're going to fill a pack of something, at least fill it with something that's actually playable. I'm sorry to Blue Eyes players out there. Your deck is garbage. Right, like, come on, dude. I'm a world chalice player. We can be honest here. <laughs> if, if you're going to play dragons, just play normal rocket dragons. Like, it's cheap, it's affordable, and it's way more playable. Right. And not hard to learn, but... Uh, At all. I don't know. Just some of the, some of their questions about, like, set building, uh, it, it hurts me a little bit when I look at them and I actually think about it. I'm like, why, why, why would you think this was the way to go? <laughs> yeah why are we why is this happening like i I really wish i could be in the head like the headquarters of konami and in their room hearing them planning out all this so i could i could figure out what they're trying to say or like what they're thinking because obviously since all this stuff is going through ocg they can find out very quickly whether or not cards are actually effective or if like they're gonna see play they're like, oh, well, you know, these cards don't really see a whole lot of play, so those will just be commons in the set. We'll just throw them out anyways, because why not? It's like, no, go back on it, fix your cards, and release it the way it's supposed to be. It's not how this works. Exactly. I mean, like, even looking at Lightning Overdrive, this new Plant Link monster, the Link 4, that is most definitely going to be secret rare because it's Konami, and they got to do some shit like that. Who is this for? What deck are we supposed to play this in? It's like if you if you <laughs> tell me Sylvan or Naturia, go back to two thousand eight. You do not fucking belong here. Get out of here, dude! You're in the wrong room. Like <laughs> Sun Avalon, I can kind of understand, but I think it's also Insects, isn't it? I need to look at that again now. I'm pretty. Well, it's, it's Sun Avalon is mostly plants. I do remember that much. Like it can fit in there, but. They have their own good Link monster, like, uh, yeah, Dryanome, their Link 3, is already a really good one. Their Link 4, actually, is, like, the really good one, which just requires 2-plus Link monsters. You don't need plants for it. It's right. like, you're going to tell me that I should re- play this new Link 4 coming out in Lightning Overdrive rather than the card you already designed for this archetype specifically. How is that supposed to make sense? It makes no sense at all well if i look for it too like well obviously the link four is going to be better support for that archetype specifically but i think in general it's actually better for plants than this other one here because let's hear so this link four monster this uh oh god i don't even know how the fuck to pronounce this uh bang bang halances of the samsaric cycle what the fuck a light plant link <laughs> four monster with 2500 attack with top left, right, and bottom arrows, two plus plant monsters can only use both of its effects once per turn. Oh, only one of its effects per turn, and only once that turn. So you can either during the main phase as a quick effect target one effect monster your opponent controls take damage equal to that monster's attack, and if you do, return that monster to the hand. So we already have like twenty different options that could work far better than this. That you like, because for one, this is a targeting effect, so already right there you're talking about a much more useless effect and then you're taking damage in res- as well equal to that monster's attack so if you're getting rid of a big monster you're taking a big chunk of health points it's like they just got a direct attack on you just to bounce it to their hand already you're talking about a garbage effect the second effect a garbage effect <laughs> the second effect if this card is in your graveyard you can banish two or more link monsters from your graveyard use combined link rating equals four especially some of this card from your graveyard but banish it if it leaves the field so you're telling me it gets a one-time revival effect but it has to basically link summon again 
So if that's the case, why wouldn't I just... I guess it's from your graveyard, but still, like, what what would be the point in that? Why wouldn't I just, like, link summon another one if I really wanted it that bad? Exactly. Like, it, there's, there's just so many problems. There's a lot of problems with the design it's, of this whole it's shenanigans. so bad. It's like, sure, they designed it so you can't loop it, because that could have been a problem, I guess, if you're playing, like, a bad, reaction, or bad reaction to Samochi deck. Like, maybe... Um, it could do something. Well, no, I guess that's the other way around, huh? It's when you give your opponent life points, they take damage instead. So exactly. even that doesn't do anything. So, like, this card is just garbage. Okay, oh, it is an ultra-rare. It's not a secret. Okay. I'm glad I, I looked at that part of the article. It does say right here that it is there an ultra-rare. God. <laughs> so there's, there's at least some hope that it's not wasting up too much space in the set. You're not going to get one of your two secret rares out of the set being this piece of shit. <laughs> It's probably gonna be like Which, thirty I mean, that cents. Would be my luck. I'd get the fucked up box where they accidentally printed as a secret rare. <laughs> oh no, that would be so sad. That'd be my life. But yeah, I mean, like you turn around, and you look at the Sun Avalon Link Four. This two plus Link monster is still a Link Four, so it's way easier to summon already. Uh, if this card is Link Summon, you can add one Sun Avalon spell trap from your deck to your hand, so you are at least getting some resources back out of it that could actually very well help you because the Sun Avalon spells and traps aren't too bad. Uh, cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. Also cannot be targeted for attacks, but does not prevent your opponent from attacking you directly. So you've already got a wall in it. Well, in a sense, in, in that your opponent can't attack it. They got to deal with it some way or just attack you directly. Uh, but they also can't get rid of it with card effects. So that's good. Or cannot be destroyed anyways. So no Dragoon shenanigans. Um, and then once per turn, you contribute one Link monster this card points to. That's a soft once per turn, by the way. You contribute one Link monster this card points to destroy cards your opponent controls up to the tributed monster's Link rating. So if you go through, like, if your opponent's got a full board for whatever reason, like, say they got all five monsters, all five spells and traps, and the extra monster zone, so it's 11 cards. You go through an access code, and you somehow have all the attributes in your graveyard for whatever reason. Get six pops, and then pop your access code that's ten pops that got one card left. I mean, I know that's a very niche situation. Very fucking niche. But, you're, but it is one hell of a combo. It, it's so much more powerful already, especially with certain cards in here that want to be destroyed or, like, get bonuses off of it. Like, you're just talking yeah. about pure advantage at that point compared to this fucking trash of Lightning Overdrive. Uh, that's, that's a prime it, example of, like, one end of the spectrum or the other. Exactly. And, you know, like I said earlier, some cards have to be bad so other cards can be good. But still, it's like, do you really have to rub it in our face this badly? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we understand how this is supposed to work, but does it have to be so blatantly obvious that you just have simply unplayable cards? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's 2021. Do we really have to have pack filler that is straight up unplayable? Exactly. It's like you'd think they learn from their past mistakes too, because obviously we've been through this cycle of plants before. They where they release plant support and it's absolute garbage. Like, but I mean, plants specifically you have to be careful with because if you give plants too good of support, they can get pretty crazy pretty fast. Well, that is true, but when you're already considering how much, like, okay, so obviously they're not afraid of that because rocks did absolutely nothing, and now all of a sudden they throw out Emancipator and Megalith, and you're telling me that, like, there's no way they don't, that they care about that, because honestly, those two decks are, Megalith not so much, but Ad Emancipator was just bonkers, and they just like, oh, well, it's fine. It's just rocks. To be fair, those are, those are some of the first ever, like, rock-type meta decks that we've had in the game. We had, like, Plant Synchro in the past, which was a, a very well-represented deck that, that was very fucking annoying to deal with, so much so that Konami got so pissed off at it, they had a whole-ass emergency ban list just to fucking get rid of it. I mean, Lone Fire Blossom is inarguably one of the strongest cards in the game, period. It, summon this card, get any plant monster from your deck for basically free. You know what I'm saying? Like... It's inarguably the one of the most busted cards ever made. Like, imagine if Dragons had had a Lone Fire Blossom. That was exactly what Lone Fire Blossom is. It'd be crazy, you know. Um, so you you just you have to tiptoe around it because if you if you don't play your cards carefully when you're giving plant support, you're gonna create a tier one or a tier or even a tier zero deck with very little actual intention to do so. 
You know what I mean? Well, see, but like, I doubt that though, because I mean, well, sure, rocks like jumped up to the top, but that—that's exactly what I'm saying. Though, so obviously, rocks had no competitive success before, and all of a sudden, they just boom release Adamant's painters, knowing full well that it had to do something. Like, there's no way you can release cards like that that just give you that much advantage and expect them not to do that well. Like, there's no way. Right. But I mean. You look back at how much crappy plant support they released, it's like you literally could have been better off just doing this on something else. Or actually focusing your attention on a type that people do want to play more of but doesn't have enough support. I mean, like, Pyro, Reptile, uh, fucking... Right. Like, all these other different typings that could use so much more support. And you're going to give it to a type that you have already failed on numerous times of providing good support for. And, like, obviously, you know, with Lone Fire thing, you do have to be careful with stuff like that. But if you're actually aware of that and you're thinking about that consciously while you're designing cards, it should not be that difficult. Like, really, if, if you come down to it, you know what your player base is like already. You know what kind of shit they're going to find and put together. Especially after something like Adam Emancipator where people are like, oh, Block Dragon's broken. Oh, Gigantis is great. <laughs> you know, stupid shit like that. You're just like, well, you know, if you thought ahead on that one a little bit, or like at least looked at what you've already created, you might have stood a little bit better chance at actually designing proper cards. I mean, you do have a point that as long as Konami builds their future cards, as long as they future-proof, or I guess past-proof their card designs, um, you know, they could certainly be able to play around it. But at the same time... You know, that's just inherently limiting card design. You know what I'm saying? You you have to limit your own card design because if you don't, you can't make, like, really busted plant support because if you don't inherently limit it, it's going to be insane, especially now with Link Monsters since, you know, Link Monsters are the most generic summoning mechanic that we've ever had. So if you're not careful, you know, plants were OP with Synchros. Imagine what they could do with Links. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, see, but they're also telling us, though, that they're not afraid to ban certain cards if they acknowledge that it's that unhealthy. Like, I mean, obviously they blocked, uh, they banned Block Dragon, they banned Buster Welt, they banned Link Cross. They're showing us that they will ban things that are necessary to keep a semi-healthy format. Of course, you know, they still left Calamities, they still left um, Halka Fibrax, which they're not getting rid of anytime soon, probably on either of them to be quite honest. But, I mean, they are showing us that they are capable of getting rid of certain things. Like, they could freely ban Lo Lone Fire Blossom if they knew that the plant support they were releasing was that good. I mean, or, oh, yeah. or they would leave Lone Fire on for a little while to help sell the product, obviously, and then, like, once the time passed, they would, you know, ban Lone Fire or whatever. But, obviously, they're going to make their money first, but they will actually still, somewhat to a degree kind of care about the game like to like the furthest extent possible they're like that distant uncle that's just babysitting you for the afternoon they they pay attention to you right. every now and then they'll you know they'll give you food where you need it but overall they just kind of like let it run rampant so i mean yeah they'll let a format run unhealthy for a bit but they will kind of check it every now and then i mean you're not wrong you know when 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 things crop up that are unhealthy of course they need to get banned I just don't think that Konami is of the mindset to be printing cards that they know are going to break the game just to ban other cards. You know what I'm saying? They would mm -hmm. rather have a more gradual progression of power creep than let's print five insane plant monsters, make plants tier zero for the next eight months, and then we'll just ban the shit out of it and call it a day. <laughs> you which, know? which is I don't fair. Feel like that, yeah. that's Konami's uh, end goal for real, for real. Which is fair. Don't get me wrong about that. But I mean, like, you know, it, it's one of those things, you don't have to introduce everything all at once. You don't have to make, like, an all-in-one package like Gearsu that just does, like, everything you needed to in one card. But you can at least, like, be thinking about things and how uh, to slowly, over time, add power to these different strategies and, like, maybe fade out older things that kind of are going to make this stuff coming up way too powerful. You know, kind of edge that out over time as well. You don't have to, like, go full force, do it all at once sort of thing, but... um I mean, who knows? Like, so, for all we know, this Uncamouflite card that we are currently thinking is going to be absolutely useless and is, like, going to be garbage, who knows? This could be, like, the start of something, like, crazy that Konami's kind of, like, it could be, like, some weird, insane Pendulum combo deck that we never would have thought was coming because they just gave us this one single card randomly in Lightning Overdrive as, uh, I guess it doesn't say on here what rarity it is, but regardless... You know, they throw something at us like this. We're like, oh, this is absolute trash. I don't know what this is going to be useful for. And then the next thing we know, later on down the line, it's actually a pretty decent card. 
Like, you never know. They, they, they can surprise us out of nowhere. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I'm not... Just because of what the current situation looks like doesn't guarantee anything for the future. You're mm-hmm. absolutely correct. Um, it, we, it's it's one of those things you just kind of have to wait. Time, time will tell, you yeah, know what I mean? For sure. And it, it is a very big tell from Konami because they'll... I've noticed they do also really go back and forth on releasing really good and really bad sets. Like, you go back, you look at, like, even just 2020, uh, you get the start of the year was that uh, Legendary Heroes, uh, it was like Magical Heroes or whatever, the one with where we got uh, Magician Souls. That was the yeah, only yeah. good card of that set, other than uh, Legendary Sunrise and uh, Liquid Soldier. That was the only good card out of that set. Which, I mean, Sunriser and, and Liquid Soldier were only good in Heroes. Exactly. They're uh, very niche. Magician Souls is the is was the only one that it was generically good. Exactly. So overall, a very poor set. But then, like, you go down the line and you get down to, like, well, obviously your core sets, you know, Eternity Code was a really good set. You know, that's when we got Access Code Talker. We got Gearsu, Animador, and Archosaur. We got a lot of good cards out of that set. Uh, even some of your, like, lower rarity stuff, like Union Driver and Parallel Exceed, we got some good cards out of that set. Overall, that was a really good set. And then you go even further on down the year, and you get Phantom Rage, which is, like, that really mediocre line. You get a couple good cards out of it, like Zeus and your new Phantom Knight support and all that stuff. But overall, not all that great of a set. They they really do go back and forth at making good and bad sets. And for all we know, Lightning Overdrive could be a really fire or it could be a really garbage set. It's really hard to tell at this point in time. Right. I, I totally see where you're coming from on that. And, you know, it's... <laughs> It, it also depends on rarities, you know what I'm saying? If mm. if uh, uh, a set has a shit ton of really good cards, but they're all, like, horribly short-printed, yeah. it doesn't really mean much, you know? Well, that's that's what's killing me with Phantom Rage now, because I still have, I have 10 boxes sitting here on my shelf that I haven't been able to move, because the selling price on TCG Player right now is still lower than what I bought them for. Because nobody wants it. Like, the only card that a people wanted out of there was Zeus. Except for those few people that wanted their Phantom Knight support. Other than that, that set, it's just, it's not being touched. And it's so sad. I'm tempted to just open it and see if I can get a Zeus, or get a couple Zeuses so I can make some money back at least. <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm going to hold on to them. But, yeah, it's just, it's so sad seeing that. They're like, when they make these sets that have, like, those one to two really good cards in them, and that's all they put in there. You're like, wow, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, right? Like, wh- who is this for? <laughs> what is the point? It's becoming not so much, like, filler cards for packs anymore. It's becoming filler sets, honestly, and it's so sad. Like, I get that we don't have really any in-person events right now. There's not really anything to go off in terms of metadata for Konami because they just refuse to ignore on or they refuse to accept online events, which is stupid. Um, they're just, like, That's a whole they're, they're other debate, though. basing all of their card design off of I guess just what's in their heads. Like at this point, I don't even know anymore what they're thinking. So, you know, can we talk about why in the hell do we not have an official simulator? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, okay, so now we do have Yu-Gi-Oh! Neuron, which is probably the closest, other than Duel Links, the closest thing we've gotten to an official simulator. And that is honestly so sad. And I get why they're doing it because they don't think they're going to make money off of it. They think if they don't do anything free like Yu-Gi-Oh! Omega or uh project ignis that they're they're just gonna be fucked like if they don't make it free they're gonna be fucked which is absolutely wrong because okay so you look at magic the gathering right they did the right move and i think pokemon does this too because they're both owned by wizards of the coast but they have a free base game and to be able to play the game you have to go through and unlock cards well, how do you unlock cards? Well, you can play the game, you know, go through all these different games, get coins to buy packs and stuff to, you know, get random cards and whatnot and hope you get the right stuff. Or you can go pay real money to buy these coins to buy those packs so you get more chances to get the cards you actually want. So it's basically just like playing the game in real life, but online. It's like, well, Konami could easily do the same thing there. It's like we obviously already have to... Uh, you know, buy product anyways, why not sell digital product where they don't actually have to produce anything other than electronic code? And, I mean, you could even go to the extent of adding in, like, player training. So, like, you know how, um... Oh, my God, what's the game? It's one of the FPSs. Uh, oh, God, I'm blanking so hard right now. 
but it, <laughs> so it's so it's an FPS game, and like you can buy and trade skins on there for like your weapons to other players. Well, that's dope. Oh my god, what the, it's like one of the most popular FPS games. Um, Fortnite. No, God, no. This one's a few years old. Um, oh, I have no idea. I'm oh, not, as not, not as up to date on my game as, as I should be. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, God, it's got an acronym to it. I'm I'm blanking so hard. Counter Strike. There we go. CSGO. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's popular for being like for its loot box system because you can buy loot boxes. You'll get your skins and whatnot. You could buy and trade with other players if memory serves. I could be entirely wrong about that. I've never played CS:GO. This is just like off of what I've heard, and they could totally incorporate a system like that where it's basically TCG player in this simulator. Like, I think that could be cool. I'm not gonna lie, but obviously you'd have to make it not currency. You'd have to do like a like an in-game currency, I guess, which you could buy with real money. But there is profit that they could make off of that, and I think they're really missing a big opportunity out of that from not making their own simulator, but instead releasing these awkward games like every year or so like link evolution's okay don't get me wrong but i would much rather play like an actual official online simulator that i can play cross-platform like on different consoles or pc or whatever i think that'd be like fucking fantastic right yeah and it feels much the same way like uh, that it feels being an american and, and seeing our society do what it does it's like there's so much other things that we could be doing that we're just not and i don't understand why <laughs> mm. you know well it's like especially in a time like this where you know i mean okay so lockdown's not as prevalent to some people anymore i know the uk and all that like other countries are getting locked down all the time but over in america it's not nearly as bad as it was at the start of all this but you still get people going into lockdown and having to quarantine and whatnot I, you know i'm not gonna get like too into this because i don't want to get like too uh serious oh, about this cool. podcast but you know you get mo- a lot of periods of time where people are getting stuck in their houses for extended periods of time and need entertainment so if you can provide that and really cash there's in on market. that it, it, it's yeah, a full a market. market for it especially like if you're trying to focus on sealed product for events that aren't happening you're literally just wasting your time Either find a way to make events a thing again or build an online simulator. Yeah, like, what? why do I... What's the point in me investing in physical, normal Yu-Gi-Oh cards when I may not get to actually use them for a year, year plus? Oh, and then come to find out X-Deck got banned between now and then because it was too good online. So, like, yep. it's just a very, very difficult situation and it's like why haven't you just moved to <laughs> a, uh, an easier system like so, like an on- online simulator like it just makes sense from a business perspective and I, from a player's perspective it's extremely frustrating not having something like that mm-hmm. well and pretty much this entire time that we've been going through this pandemic the only other person i've actually played with like physically in person with other cards is my brother like other than that i've just been at home play testing my decks that will probably never see the light of day at this point because by the time we'll have in-person events they'll already be deconstructed and be a different deck entirely and it's just it makes me sad it really does but maybe i'll get a deck profile you out of it (laughs) and you know that's the thing about it is if it wasn't for like content creating i probably would just have like gone on a hiatus from Yu-Gi-Oh overall all the, until freaking COVID chills out just because there's no point. You know, why should we invest in this Yeah, if right. we can't do the thing that it's meant to do? Like, <laughs> Well, the sad thing is, like, we as a player base are still encouraging it because you look at when all this started and we got that first round of stimulus checks. Oh, boy, those TCG player sales went way the fuck oh, right? up. It's like... Why you people are buying these cards to play at home? Why? <laughs> what does it matter? Like the only only thing I can reasonably invest in, right, is um maybe things like uh maybe a rogue deck that you know is going to be good for the next million years. You know, like for me, it's Orcist. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that Orcist is pro- probably not going to get hit on a ban list anytime soon. If anything, it's more likely to get support from a ban list. Yeah, right. 
So, you know, that's something that, okay, I can, I can respect, um, in, investing in that, you know, mm-hmm. but like buying meta decks and stuff like that, I just don't see how someone can justify that, that investment. Yeah. Like literally at this point, you're honestly better off investing in a toss format deck than fucking modern. Like, um, I swear you, you like the only thing I can suggest is like trying to hedge your bets for the future. Yeah. But trying to trying to buy like current meta decks for the current it doesn't make sense makes no sense to me that's right people go buy prank kids prank kids best deck i have profiles and content on my channel shameless self-plug uh i mean honestly though prank kids are very underrated right now despite the fact that it is a control format and there's floodgates and okay no prank kids suck this format but they will come back they will come back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> eventually eventually they have to if they don't i will cry although i mean there is a way to play around a bureau with prank kids so there is that much you got something better than me <laughs> i'm using fucking prohibition oof that, i mean that's fair though prohibition's a good tech there's a reason i did a d time on it very good card underestimated a lot it gets the job done i guess yep well, like, honestly, when I when I wrote my blog about Crossout Designator, that was, when I was going through the list of ideas I had, honestly, Prohibition, to me, was, like, the best replacement for Crossout Designator, because it does the exact same thing without the cost. The only downside is that it's not a quick play, so you have to play it first and hope that you call the right card, but really, if you know what your deck dies to, then you're fine. Like, I, I yeah. Yeah, it's not flexible. That is true. It, it's not, but, you, I mean... You... You deal with one problem, and you hope that that's the only problem you really have to deal with. But then you also don't have to worry about clouding up your deck with bricks. Like, my hero deck literally has no room to put in hand traps for Crossout Designator, but I can play Prohibition just fine. Like, throwing in a single playset of a card, I can do that just fine. But trying to ask me to put in, like, Ash Blossoms, Veilers, Imperms, all the other hand traps that people are playing this format, even just one copy of, because you do have to have it in the deck... So you're already dealing with issues right there and playing a lot of bricks. Um, you know, I, that that's a hard thing to ask for some decks like that. And that's the only issue I see with Crossout yeah, Designator is the space. It's definitely not built for every deck. Um, but if your deck, if your engine can inherently incorporate those kind of hand traps, it's a really good card just to be a, like a one-card catch-all type deal to protect you from various different threats. Yeah, I feel like this card is definitely a big reason that we're starting to see a lot of shift to the control formats because people are like, oh, you know, this is a little bit harder to play in combo because of the space. Obviously, the fact that combo already plays a lot of bricks usually. Um, but, I mean, throwing this in, like, Eldritch, fuck it, you're fine. You're already running 20 hand traps anyways. Throw in Sky Striker, another spell card in your graveyard and more means to stop your opponent. It's just, it's a good fucking card. Don't get me wrong. It's just you have to have the right deck for it. And, you know, it's also really good in the mirror match, too. True. Any deck that's mirror matching, it, it's really, really good. Yeah, as long as you're um, playing... But, like I mean, like, even copy. generic cards, like, evenly matched, you know, stuff like that, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. It, it's, it can be really, really good for, like, generic side deck type stuff. Yeah, 100%. But uh, I feel like if, you're, if your engine is fragile, you kind of have to main deck it just to specifically counter the things that, that kill you. Like, And for me personally, the right, like I don't even like playing Nibiru. I feel like everybody knows how to play around it now, so it's not as impactful. Mm-hmm. But I have to play it if I want to use Crossout Designator to protect myself from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So a weird yeah. double-edged sword dynamic that the card creates. For sure. And, like, yeah. This is such a weird format, too, because it is that interesting balance of, like, you're you're starting to see people using more spells and traps as much as they are monsters now. You're not seeing those Sekka's light builds anymore. They were absolute fucking garbage. Because <laughs> it was nothing but monsters. But, you know, now we're starting yeah, to see, 200%. like... E- even even uh, Mystic Mind is starting to not see nearly as much love anymore. People are definitely starting to phase off that card a little bit realizing that it's not the same powerhouse that it used to be yeah it's not the guaranteed game over win button and that's honestly why i think i'm personally starting to like summon breaker a little bit more um because even those decks that like aren't doing super combo stuff a good portion of them are still summoning three times in a turn 
And I just, I mean, overall, I think the card's funny. Zodiac. Yeah, the, the card itself is just funny, because as soon as they hit that third summon, their turn's over. So if they didn't set any spells and traps yeah. to do like those plays ahead of time, they're fucked. It's just their turn's but over. But I mean, for me, you kind of have to, you kind of have to be able to metaverse that card. Yeah. Because it's one of the things, if they see it coming, it's super easy to play around. Well, but like, at the same time, though, if you're also playing a back row heavy deck and like they have to remove it to be able to play, then they're at least using their resource to remove that. And then you still have your other back row to back you up, too. So like, Which is fair. I mean, it's it's the same kind of thing with Mystic Mind, but you can at least still play this turn one and not have it blow itself up. Uh, the only thing you got to be careful of is that obviously it does work against you, too. Um, but I mean, if you're playing something like Subterror Guru, for example, fuck, you don't care. You're summoning once a turn and calling it a day. Yeah, right. Like the most you might have an issue with is your Numeron engine. But if you're using the Numeron cards, then you don't have that on field, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But ironically, this is actually a perfect demise of the land card because as soon as your opponent special summons, just flip that and boom, you got a summon breaker on field. And now they're already down a summon. Well, I, I don't know if they'd actually technically be down a summon because of chains, but I mean, still, either way, they got to figure out something to do at that point because they're like, oh shit, now I got to deal with this. I already had a play in mind. You know, you throw off their whole turn. Exactly. It can be very disruptive if you time it properly. I just, overall, I think it's just a hilarious card. I'm not going to lie. And the funny thing, the thing I love about it the most is that you can't even out it with a Nightmare Phoenix. That is the funniest shit ever. Because literally by the time you hit that Nightmare Phoenix, it is your third summon. So yeah, you'll still destroy the summon breaker, but now you're just, you're just saving it for me. You're just giving me my turn back. So thanks. (laughs) Thank you, friendo. We very much appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think this is really a good time in the state of the game for people to get creative with their card choices because of this weird balance of everything that you're not just going to get a catch-all card like Mystic Mind that's going to stop all your top contending decks because they're all monsters. You know, now you got to get more creative and, like, figure out different cards to play that'll work. Obviously, for, like, your area if you're playing at Locals or just learning, like, the online format and, like, what people are playing and how to counter those more effectively... Uh, rather than just trying to play catch-all cards. It's it's very interesting in a much more creative, forceful format, I think. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to be much more conscious of your um, card choice. You can't just, like, slap the same generic ex- or side deck into every deck and, mm. and go on about your life. You know, whereas, like, as, as soon as, like, two formats ago, you know, you could basically... You could nearly guess everyone's side deck at, at a online tournament you know just because when you're when you're looking at fighting infernoble dragon link all that good jazz you know you gotta you gotta you gotta have an answer for hand rip you gotta have an answer for the buster lock you know and everyone has to play these answers you have to have an answer for mystic mind so it really does create uh it really does promote individuality within the format anytime we're in back row heavy formats like this well, say so not only that, you got to be careful with your timing too, because it is a control style format that you know disrupting one thing might not actually mean the end of a player's turn anymore. Like, sure, if you were playing against Adamancipators in the past, and like, if you hit them with a um, Cipher and Gear Gamma on their first summon, like say they put out a Researcher as their first one, and they do their cert- like they're excavating GG, yeah. Gamma, yeah, that's the end of their turn. They can't really do anything else unless they have a Gigantis, and even then, that's still very limited. But now you're looking at, like, if you uh, Ash and Eldlich, like, say if they throw out uh, whatever their spell was to summon him from deck, okay, you've Ashed that card, you've stopped one card, they still have four more that they can use. And, like, you've done effectively nothing at that point. Yeah, what what have you really accomplished other than, I guess, you burned in a gate, I suppose? Yeah, well, it's like, who's to say that they don't have the Scarlet in their hand either? Like, they'll just get a copy out anyways. Like, who's to say, Exactly. you know, it's just, it's one of those things you got to be more cautious about when you use your cards rather than just using the card at all. You know, it's, it's interesting. And just talk shit out. So I think it's overall, like, you know, playing in Orcus format where you can just ash, 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 yeah, pretty ash. much. you know, you don't even have to, yeah, it's just a reaction. You don't even have to think about it, you know? Well, like, we're not even in a good format for impermanent effect Valor anymore because now you got Dryatron and Virtual World both playing from the hand rather than using their yeah. effects on field. So it's like now these cards are getting phased out. And it's just, it's even more difficult to discern when and where to use certain cards and how to use them to their fullest effectiveness. 
So. Yeah, and and this this shift in card design to everything activates in the hand is is a very, in my opinion, dangerous precedent to set for card design just because like. You know, it's going to come to a point to where you just simply can't interact with anything, you know? Well, but then at the same time, you know, they might end up releasing more hand traps in the future that allow you to have that interactivity within the hand. Because, I mean, obviously you, you'll have Crawzout Designator, which is another example, if you're in that mirror match uh, or if you're playing specifically for that deck. Um, or, you know, like others. There, there's probably going to be other stuff in the future where we will have the ability to interact and of course, with the virtual world, there's still the bureau, so you can still stop their calamities. Um, like, there's still things you could do against it. It does make it a lot harder to interact, for sure, though, when you need stuff on field. Right, and and it's it's frustrating as a as an ancient Yu-Gi-Oh player <laughs> to see this this uh, what I would consider radical shift in card design over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, because especially like between virtual world and Drytron specifically, like these are very new archetypes that, that interact and, or I guess react in a very uh, new way for the modern era. You know what I'm saying? Not there. There haven't been any other decks in the past where everything that they did activated in the hand, you might had a couple of cards that activated here or there in the hand, and resolved in the hand, but you didn't have like whole archetypes that were built on activating and resolving in the hand, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, there's still other creative ways. Yeah, there's still other creative ways to play around it, though, because, I mean, if you look at things like uh, for example, Virtual World uh, Lulu, that requires you to target one Virtual World card you control, and then sending a Virtual card of a different type from your deck to the graveyard, all that stuff. If you... I. I'm not 100% sure in this ruling. I'd have to actually look it up to confirm. But I feel like if you're going first and say you had, like, back row removal set while they were playing, um, like, if they activate their virtual world gate card, like, they go to try to target it with Lulu, I'm not, like, once again, I'm not sure if this is right. If you destroy it in response to them targeting it, would that then, like, fizzle out their effect because their target's no longer there? This has actually been something that's under debate uh, quite a bit in the community because, like, um, some of their other effects, you know, you can target monsters. Well, what happens when you book that monster? You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Because it's no longer a face of virtual world card. You know what I mean? So it's it. that's a very murky ruling from what I understand. I am not the expert on, on virtual world plays. <laughs> Fair enough. By any stretch of the imagination. I don't play the deck. I don't. I don't really play meta much anyway in terms of like my playtesting and whatnot mm-hmm. i mean as you know our group is not exactly known to be a meta heavy group <laughs> that that is fair that is very fair um let me see here so i mean there's got to be a way to out dryatrons pretty easily too because like okay i'm trying to i'm trying to really big brain this right now so i guess technically technically you could stop them with monarchs i th- wait no, hold on. I might be dumb about this one. I, I fucking... I hate I hate Monarchs. They still confuse the fuck out of me. Okay, yeah, so I'm not even going to try to go there because I'm just going to hurt my brain if I, try to, if I try to think this out. But, I mean, you know, there's got to be... There's got to be other, like, interactions that you could use to just... Obviously, there is, opponent, by the but... fact that other decks are competing. You know, if there yeah. was no way to keep up with them, they'd be tier zero unstoppable strategies. But still, it sets a very in my opinion, dangerous precedent for the future of card design. Mm-hmm. For sure. It, it, you know, def- it definitely like does. If decks continue to accelerate in that direction, you know, we may find ourselves where in a situation to where things that, you know, were cool in the past. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm struggling with my words a little bit here. <laughs> you know, uh, strategies that worked in the past become entirely obsolete. And while that's, you know, how things progress... At the same time, you're going to turn people off if you move so radically far away from your original design. You know, we're already so far away from where Yu-Gi-Oh! began as a game that moving even further away from, okay, well, at least we can say things nowadays still interact on the field to where now everything just activates in your hand. And, yeah. And even the reaction cards to stop your opponent's stuff activating in the hand have to activate in the hand because if you activate on the field... You know what I'm saying? It, it yeah. just it, it sets a really dangerous direction in terms of card design. 
That is that is one hundred percent fair. Um, and the the funny thing is, while I'm thinking about this, I'm just like, ooh, prank kids though, <laughs> all activating in the graveyard, dodging skill drain. <laughs> that that's a little bit different. It is know, a little I mean, bit different. Least... It's definitely a lot better to combat. But I'm just sitting here thinking about like, ooh. <laughs> but, you know, we've had graveyard shenan- shenanigans since like day zero in Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. like Sinister Serpent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. We've had graveyard shenanigans. It everything activating in the hand, that's that's scary. <laughs> that is that is very true. Alright, well we are currently hitting that hour mark, so I suppose are you ready to call it? I I think that, that works. Yeah. Alright, mm-hmm. so thank you guys for joining episode one of the Scrubcast. This is a very interesting discussion that uh once again, like our content and our methods of playing just kinda went every which fucking direction we wanted um completely sideways and so i mean that was a really fun discussion i really enjoyed this the first episode of the scrub cast of course we'll get into doing more of this i'm not sure if we're gonna try to keep up with weekly or if we're gonna do like a bi-weekly sort of deal yet but uh we'll figure that out we'll we'll get back to you when we kind of have that nailed down but for sure we'll be coming out with more episodes for you guys on a regular basis hopefully because this is another form Always of content for us so. oh yeah for sure and we'll we'll make sure that we get guests on this in the future of course for episode one it just had to be the two of us to fuck around for a little bit but we'll definitely be dragging in other coalition members from time to time and maybe some outside guests as well uh whenever we get free time and we'll we'll eventually nail down like specific topics to talk about but today it was just kind of fun <laughs> to just go a little bit everywhere so yeah we're just kind of winging it yep Thank you guys all for joining us. We hope to see you all in the next episode. Whenever we release it, like we said, we'll uh, we'll give you an update on how we decide to do these from now on. So thank you guys. Peace out. Peace. Boop.